Hello, I'm Allison Howell, and you're listening to The Trunk Show. You've probably caught on by now, but in every episode, I sit down with a leading event rental pro to glean some wisdom from their rental adventures. The show is brought to you by RW Elephant, mighty inventory management software designed to help you conquer the chaos in your event rental business and reclaim your creativity because the world needs more of the beautiful events and environments you create. In this episode, Jacqueline Johannesson walks us through the journey of purchasing an existing rental business, making it her own, and taking it to new heights. I am Jacqueline Johannesson. I am one of the owners of Collected & Co. based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I own the business with my husband, Russ, um, and we do all sorts of event production from planning, event design, and specialty rentals. So what attracted you to the industry initially? I loved the just aspect of creating something Mm. experiential for people and those moments and the feelings that people get when having an event or going to something that just makes them just kind of forget about their everyday life Mm. and just feel special for a minute. Um, And I really loved that. Well, how did you get started in events? Because you didn't start in rentals. I did not. Um, So it's funny, my wedding background, which I was never the girl that was like, oh my gosh, weddings, uh, Uh started, I worked at a wedding salon in high school and helped sell wedding dresses, which is funny. But um, event background then really started after college in Chicago. I helped curate luxury social events. So partnering with the best salons, spas, hotels in Chicago to bring curated events to our clientele. And then moved up to Minneapolis. My husband and I started an event venue. Wow. Well, tell me more about the venue. What, what's the venue like? Do you still have it? What's that process? How did you get into that? Yeah. So um, the venue is, it's, we bought it as a family property and um, it, it's a, it's beautiful. It's a 55 acre property in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we, there's this big red barn. It took us, Russ and I renovated a lot of it by ourselves, wow. except for like the structural work, roof, sure. all of that. Sure. Um, worked with somebody who did barn restoration. So it's a it was a barn venue. Wow. And yeah, opened it up in 2014. We had our first event. Um, okay. It was something we knew probably was going to be short term because we lived in Minneapolis and the venue was an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, okay. We don't own the venue. Well, we we own the property, but we don't run the venue anymore. Uh, when we okay. decided to purchase Collected, there was about two seasons where we were just trying to manage it all. Wow. And it yeah. got just to be too much with yeah. little kids and running back and forth. Yeah. In 2017, we were approached to purchase Collected & Co. So that is where we then purchased the company and got into the event rental side of the business because it was something that had always interested Russ, like drop things off, not have to be there for the event and not have to deal with the guests instead of owning an event venue where you have to deal with the guests all the time. So is that how you met? 
Marie is through the venue. So Marie Roddy was uh, the previous owner. She started it in 2012. She called it Collected, I think, Vintage Rentals. Then it went to Collected Rentals. And then she went through a big rebrand in 2016 Mm -hmm. um, and changed the branding to Collected & Co. Marie Mm -hmm. and I met, actually, we were both working at Anthropology. Um, And little did we know, we were doing our first shoot out at the barn. And then Uh lo and behold, up pulls Marie with a bunch of furniture (laughs) to do the shoot. And we're like, what are you doing here? And uh, we just had never talked about like, we're starting a venue. Sure. She was doing the rentals. And then we had always just stayed in touch. Um, We became friends and good challenges to each other of like, hey, have you thought about this about your company? Hey, have you thought about this in your company? Um, Yeah. Okay. So was it out of the blue when she approached you about buying it or was this something that you knew was coming? Um, I would say a little bit of both. I I mean, more so we knew it was potentially coming. We had started talking about, I started telling her, you know, Russ is really interested in rentals. And then one day she called and wanted to sit down at dinner and asked us um, about what it would look like for us to purchase the company from her. Because she was, she loved it, but she was looking to move. And uh, the style of where she was looking to move was not the same as Minneapolis, which makes sense because styles are different everywhere you go. So, Wow. Okay. So what did she say? She said, hey, do you want to buy my business? Or what did that conversation look like? She was saying, she was just, you know, like, hey, I value our friendship. I think that you can take collected to way bigger heights than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We are looking to move. And she she's like, I really would love to talk to you about what it would be like for you and Russ to purchase this. Um, wow. And I will be honest, at first, we after we kind of went through the conversation, I was like, I we can't. Like, yeah. we're too strapped out with like we mm. our eldest was not even two. Um okay. not even two. The barn was super busy. Um, we were just we were we were we were tired and we knew we were, you know, gonna have more kids and then I would say about a m- month later, we uh, came back and we're talking a little bit further. And we just, we were like, yep, this is something we need to do. Like mm. it is, we we think that we can really take this on um, and make it into something great. Yeah. She just went through a great rebrand and had really good connections in the city. She was starting to get more well-known. Um so she really did lay out a great foundation for us to really kind of step in, kick it off, and be really successful here um, in our market. And so at, at that point, you said, okay, we want to buy it. What was the negotiation process like? Originally, she had come to us with a number. Um, uh-huh. And then we had kind of worked through some things um, when she originally came to us and we had said like, no. Then we negotiated a little bit to be like, yeah this would make sense for us. So we did go back and forth a little bit, um, but it was beneficial on both parts, Marie and we're we're still, we are still great friends. Um, So at that point, were you and Russ both working full-time in the venue or did 
Did you have side gigs too? What What was the status? What else was going on besides yeah. venue and buying a rental business? Yes. So Russ was full-time in the venue um, okay. and I had a full-time job um, okay. as a digital project manager at a big healthcare company in the Twin Cities. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you were doing that. You take on this new venture too. How did you kind of imagine the the next path? What was your next step? Yeah. So um, Russ and I are not sitters. Um, so which is why <laughs> we were like, oh my gosh, like if we if we buy this, we have to go. Like there is yeah. no sitting. There is a gap in the marketplace. We know that we need to, we need to take that opportunity. Um, yeah. So before we had even signed the paperwork, we knew we were going to be doing this. Um, we, Russ had already started designing tables. Um, okay. And we had started trying to sell some of those designs to people. So it was, our big step was we need to add farm tables and dining chairs. We started doing that. Um, that was the big thing. And then, um, we slowly just started kind of evolving what the inventory was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. As every specialty rental company that kind of started in the early 2010s um, yeah. all started as vintage pretty much yeah. and what you could collect and things like that. And we really started to refine that a little bit. Um, and sure. then we stepped in and really started to say, okay, what is what is our stamp on this market? What are we going to yeah. do? And we had always said we were going to challenge the Minneapolis market to mm. be things and bring an inventory that you're not going to always see here. So mm. you may see some of these things in California or Texas mm-hmm. or Chicago or Atlanta, but we mm-hmm. tried to stay true to, we want to be original to Minneapolis. Yeah. So we really focused on that. Right. That seems pretty risky. Did that feel like a risk? I think we partnered with really good planners um, okay. early on who trusted our vision um, and had some of the same kind of clientele to really okay. say, let's let's take a look at, you know, we want your event to feel to feel different. We don't want your event to feel like the classic Minnesota that ten of your friends are going to have. Um, and people really bought that, and they're still they're still buying that. We today are focused on anything that we are going to design is what is what is true and authentic to our clients, and mm. we want our clients and their guests to walk into their event and be like, "That's so them." That's not mm. any. That's not anybody else. So how can we make that personalized stamp on their event? Um, and so it's worked. And we we've always said, you know, we're really open to bringing on new inventory. If there's something that isn't here in the marketplace um, in the Twin Cities, let's go find it for our clients if they're looking for something. Let's go make something custom. Um, what can we do to really stay uh, ahead of the market and mm. just push? Minneapolis to be something that you just don't see all the time. So it sounds like you are pretty aware of the demand. You are, you're really just trying to fill that gap. Do you feel like you're also creating some of that demand or do you have a sense that, oh, people want this before you bring it there? 
So we, um, I would say in the past year and a half have started creating things on our own of what's inspiring us. What is, where do we want to see this market go? Not just what clients are coming and asking us for. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be, there's always going to be that. Um, but we have started to say, yep, let's get into, we know that private resident weddings, are, are going to be a big thing mm-hmm. next year, 2023. So what is the kind of inventory that we want to make a mark at these, these homes? Right. Um, we have to think about that logistically, how things are going to work. Um, and this year, our, like our cult collection is a completely custom... Yeah. Collection that started from one piece that went to another backdrop that yeah. went to an arbor that went to lounge collections right. um, that just started from a from an idea that we had and it's one of our most popular collections. So we're able to now say, hey, here's the things that we like. Let's send it out there. Let's create these things before clients are asking for them. Yeah, um, it seems like that's a pretty enjoyable process for you. It seems like you really thrive in that creativity but it also doesn't just feel arbitrary. You're not just like creating for creation's sake. You're doing that with certain people in mind, right? Yes. You have to have the creative mind, but you have to have the business mind of, you know, if we're going to create this, we have to sell it and people have to like it. So um, there are some pieces that we'll create that don't get the biggest buzz. That's going to happen if it's something that we love or we bring in, but we really try to have a tap on kind of the style and evolution and where things are going. Um, but it is it is really fun to have those custom projects that are true to who we are and what we love. So, Well, tell me more about true to who we are and what we love. What do you think are characteristics or values that people think of when they think of the brand Collected Inco? Um, I think people... And it's funny because what uh, my personal style may not be always the events that we design. Okay. We say that we're not your copy and repeat event production company. Sure. We try to make things very specialized to every single client. Doesn't mean that you can't have the same charger and table and things like that right. because that's going to happen. Um but we're not going to take the same designs and just give them to client after client after client. Would that be easy? Yes, but we're never about the easy. Um, which, <laughs> you yeah. uh, restored a hundred-year-old barn. It sounds like you're not really investing yes. in easy. <laughs> yes. I think it's that bold, traditional, modern feel because we'll do okay. traditional, but in a way that brings in so it doesn't it doesn't feel like your classic wedding. We want to make sure, or your classic event, we want to make sure that what we're doing is classic so that you can look back 10, 20 years later and still have that same event. But what were ways that made it stand apart that in the time? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like that's what Collected & Co. was already known for when you purchased the brand? Or do you think it's evolved to that today? I think it's, I think it's evolved to that. I think there was, Marie was very creative. Um, Mm -hmm. Marie is way more creative than I will ever give myself credit for being. Um, (laughs) But I'm hard on myself. Um, I tend to think I'm more logistical than the creative mind. Um, But she was very known for that. Like she used to, when we were working together at Anthropology, she was very much into the displays in the 
stores. Those are very creative. She would help create and come up with some of those um, ideas that were coming down from corporate. So there is an aspect of that that was there. And then we've just helped evolve upon that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm interested. It sounds like you have some similarities. Um, but was there a training process when you took over the business? What kind of institutional knowledge was passed on? Um, I would say the biggest thing I remember, um, we sat down for like a really long dinner at our house once. And the biggest training thing was going through RW Elephant. That was the biggest thing. Yep. Yeah. How do we start like proposals? How do Mm -hmm. we add things to the website, adding new inventory, what that looks like? That was the biggest, I would say training process. Mm -hmm. Um, Sending, like having some custom proposals that she would do. Sure. We went through some of like the inventory that she was looking to potentially bring into collections. Um, yeah. But I would say the biggest thing was just RW Elephant. And we had to know how that was going to work because that is our yeah. lifesaver. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't practice packing trucks with her or, we you know, go over no. things like that? No, I'm going to be... Completely honest, and one of our, our my biggest one of our biggest regrets was not taking a picture of she had everything in a uh, storage unit. Not taking okay. a picture of the storage unit. Yeah, was when it we saw it for the, the first time. Yes, <laughs> you had I, to take everything out to get one. You item had out? to take everything out to get one piece out. We had a big like oh launch gosh. party. Um, yeah. the night we signed like the paperwork we signed it like yeah. on a trunk of a car right after the wow. party like yeah. they were leaving the next day to move so oh my it goodness. just and then um yeah nothing on how to load a truck um we were just like we'll figure it out yeah um i'm interested at that point what things did you want to continue for certain and what things did you change fairly quickly you talked about buying inventory um but what other things did you create continuity with and what things did you put your stamp on immediately? Yeah. So I would say there was nothing that she was doing that we said, we're going to stop doing this. Um, We, there were pieces that we're going to say, okay, we're going to discontinue this. We're, um, this isn't where we see the brand going. So Uh some of the biggest things we did right away were adding in some of those new inventory items. Um, and then one of the biggest things, which took a while for people to get to know that we did, was adding in that planning and event design side of the house. So we say Collect & Co. is an event production company with our planning and design side and then our rental side of the house. So we'll have nice. full-service planning clients, design clients, and then we will have rental clients. Sometimes they cross over, sometimes they don't. I'm an event planner, and I also work with every event planner here in the Twin Cities. So we do, that was the biggest, the biggest change. So that logistical of planning them um, was my bread and butter. So we, we knew we wanted to add that in right away. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more about that because I've seen so many models. Some people, you know, are a florist and a rental company. Some people have a floral company and a rental company, but two separate brands. I, I see people who have a huge scope of services and some people who say like, I'm staying in this one lane. All we do is drop off and pick up, you know? So I'm, I'm really interested to know about your decision-making process about adding planning to the existing brand. What was going on for you there? So we, um, 
I loved working with clients um, Mm -hmm. and working more in depth with them to create that guest experience. And I knew just on the rental side, I wouldn't be able to get the stamp as much as I wanted to. We partner with some fabulous event planners in the city and they bring yeah. us in to help them with the guest experience as well sure. from a rental side. Um, sure. But there was aspects that I was like, okay, I want to be able to make our mark and create these events from start to finish and be able to plan the whole thing, see the whole thing through. And right. we knew to do that, we needed to add the event planning side to the business. Right. And it was something that I had done in Chicago. We were offering it out at the farm for anybody mm-hmm. who wanted it. Um, and what we kind of say is I manage our event design planning side. And then Russ is more on the rental operation side of the business. Sure. sure. So it sounds like you don't want to just fulfill the vision. You want to cast the vision. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned you work with a lot of other planners. Is that ever a problem being in competition, essentially? Do you feel like there are people who hesitate to send you rental clients because you also offer planning? No. Um, okay. I We haven't run into it. We'll have people who, planners will call and be like, is your inventory only available to your clients? And I'm like, absolutely not. Um, yeah. We, it, it's funny because some of our biggest competition when it comes to event right. planner are our best event planning clients. Um, so your best they're, event rental clients? Yes, they're our best event rental clients. Um, we partner really well with other planners in the city and just say, hey, yeah, tell me what you want. Like, And it's, yeah, typically just really fluid and yeah, haven't run into any issues. Well, that's great. Um, for somebody who's not familiar with your collection, tell us what's in it. What What do you actually carry? Yeah, so we say our style is modern traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, we are more of that um, specialty boutique rental. We don't have five of the same sofa, um, but okay. we carry um, lounge furniture, sofas, side tables, coffee tables, all that. So our lounge furniture is probably our most popular um, okay. here in the Twin Cities. We do specialty dining. So Tables, chairs, um, we have backdrops, structures, rugs. um, We have a little bit of small goods, lanterns, things like that. Those are things that we're not really adding to our collection. Mm -hmm. Um, We've dabbled in some tabletop. Um, We're still trying to figure out if that's somewhere we want to go or not um <laughs> it's it's whole it's a whole other animal than the it than is the a beast pieces. yeah yes it is a beast um yeah so bars anything that um specialty that you need for event we don't do tents we don't do linens um so how do you decide when to buy and when to make? Because you've got these big visions and it seems like you have a lot of capacity to make things yourselves in-house. How do you make that decision? Um, it comes down to cost and what can we rent a piece for? Um, mm-hmm. And also dining tables, nine times out of 10, we're going to have to make them because the cost to buy them and just having them 
get damaged and transporting tables that they tend to get dinged sometimes. Um, And then also what does tables, legs have to come off? How do we store them? All of that kind of stuff. Um, Backdrops, we always custom make. Um, We have some great fabricators um, that we work with that is they're very skilled at what they do. And we partner with Mm -hmm. them saying, here's our vision. How can we go about it? Um, We, and then all lounge furniture, you got to buy it. There's no way we're going to try ever doing upholstery in-house ever. Do you have particular expectations for your pieces in your collection? Do you expect to sort of hit a certain return on your investment within a particular amount of time when you're making those purchasing decisions? Yeah. So for our lounge furniture, we try to, on the third time it's going out, it's got to, mm-hmm. it's got to make some sort of return, whether it's $3, it has yeah. to bring something in. Um, we know that there are some pieces like our dining, our dining chairs, that's going to take more rentals to bring that back in. Um, mm-hmm. We want our pieces to, you know, it hopefully last a couple to three seasons before we have to retire something out. Um, Or, you know, we, and we're, to have the stuff that lasts a little bit longer, we have expectations that our stuff looks great. Um, So we don't allow uh, clients to pick things up just because we want to make sure everything is wrapped. It's being packed properly. It's not getting dinged up. And we have sofas that have, marks on them from just being transported wrong. Um, So we do have expectations on what our furniture looks like when it's out there in the market. And we're back with Jacqueline talking about how she grows her business. Specifically, I want to focus on what can feel like the hardest part, getting customers' attention. I know Collected & Co. has grown a ton since you took over. Do you attribute that to a particular marketing effort or just the strength of the brand or your own magnetic personality? What what do you think's driven that growth? Oh, it is definitely not my personality that got us anywhere. Um, <laughs> um, I think there was a gap in the marketplace. I think there was really a need for a company to come in and say, I have a client has this idea. How can I go about it? And there's people Mm -hmm. who do that creatively with backdrops and floral installations, but never when it came to the furniture side of the business. Mm. And we partner with a lot of other great rental companies where they will have clients come in, they'll dream up the big tents and they'll do, you know, other things. And they're like, when you're looking at, you, you want custom bars, you want lounge flanking your dance floor, you need to go talk to Collected & Co. Um, right. And we've really built, we've worked really hard to build great relationships with the other vendor partners in the city to be trusted, to say, they're the people who are willing to take a little bit of a risk sometimes when it comes mm. to, this isn't here in this market. Go talk to mm. Collected. They might bring it in for you. They're right. they're the ones who will think and logistically kind of figure out how we can go about doing that. Um, I think it's, it's, it's been a lot of that. It's been um, a lot of hard work. Um, yeah. Nine times out of 10, you will see Russ or I at one of these events. Does that... Mm potentially lead to two owners getting very burnt out. It does, but uh, it's it has gained a, a lot of trust within the industry that sure. they are going to do it in a way that you don't need to worry about 
is this company going to follow through? Um, right. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit more about that burnout. I know particularly after a year like 2021 where many people went from zero to 60 overnight and had to kind of scale up and deal with labor shortages. What are you doing to stave off the burnout and to sort of do what you need to do in order to be sustained? Yeah. Um, the burnout is real. I mean, it is, it is, it's very challenging when you're going, Mm. um, and especially having just many more events than we ever expected to have just with postponements, but then also our business just growing on top of that. Right. We, trying to produce events off of two hours of sleep on a weekend is not, you can't do it. Sure. I will be 100% honest. I'm not great at setting boundaries. I'm not mm. great at not taking a night and not working. Um, yeah. It's very hard. But and then so some of that sets expectations that, okay, well, Collect is going to get back to you within three hours right. all the time. Right. That's not, right. it, that can't always happen. Um, yeah, that's not sustainable. It's not. Um, we've tried really hard. We, this summer in the heat of our season, we took two weeks off and we packed our girls in the car and we went down um, to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and we took our time and we said, you know, mm. our team's got this. We have to, we have to be able to step away. Um, we'll yeah. check in. We'll do that. We trust them to run events for us. Um, if there's issues, they're going to troubleshoot them. They know what they're doing. Um, so it's taking the time when it's needed. Um, being able to say as much as you want to bring on another event because it's, it's a, it would be a great order, but saying, sure. We can't, like, we can't. I wish I could do it, but we can't. And that that was really hard this year, especially coming off of last year where you wish you could have took on more and you couldn't. And then this year we were having to say no because we didn't have enough bodies or inventory to go around. Um, Right. It was hard. Yeah. Well, it seems like you've experienced some growing pains this year particularly, but kind of year-over-year growth. What are some of those challenges? You mentioned labor shortages. You mentioned um, running out of inventory. Are Are there other things that have been barriers or challenges for you as you've grown? Um, warehouse. It got hard to try and find something that would work. Um, right. we, it, we had a list of, we need these requirements. We need this and we need this and we need this. What were some um, of those requirements? We knew... It's, it was, had to be ground level. There were some warehouses that were on the second floor, but that ain't going to work for us. Um, Had to have 24 hour access, had to have AC and heat. Mm. Um, A lot of the warehouses up here had heat, but none had AC. But that is something that we knew we wanted because we didn't want our furniture, our upholstery to start to get this smell to it. Yeah. Um, that's not the so reputation that, you wanted to have. No, no, that is <clears throat> the not the smelly not furniture. The uh, <laughs> the smells like it's been in somebody's basement for fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. Um, had to have AC. What were said? Those were like the main things. Yeah, but I would say it. Labor tends to be on the rental side. Tends to be, you know people to do the deliveries, to do the late night pickups. That tends sure. to always be our biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do this year in particular to meet that challenge? 
we, so we, a lot of our planners, um, they would bring on their fiancés. They would bring on their boyfriends. They would say, hey, mm-hmm. like, let's go work an event together um, mm-hmm. to try and fit some of the the shortages that we need. Um, mm-hmm. We tried to work really hard with the different venues around the city to say, hey, like, and they got it. They got, like, right. everybody was strapped. So sure. venues being really flexible of, okay, we can't get there between that midnight and 1 a.m. teardown, but we can get there at, like, 105. Um can we like can we come yeah, and people yeah. have been people were great um so it's been it's it's been a wild ride it has been stressful um trying yeah. to it's, you have logistics of where you need to be and when you need to be and then when somebody calls in and they can't come because they're sick or something happens or that like right. you're just to try and figure it all on the spot it's it's been a long year um it's been a long year but to look back and be like we we're coming to the tail end of our season right now um mid November and then it it just we've accomplished a lot um it always gets done it yeah. always, always, always gets done. So why do we stress ourselves out so much about it? Hmm. Yeah, I wish we didn't, but it's just something that I have to be better at. Right, well, and it seems like you really care. You really care about the outcome of the events. Mm-hmm. You care about the reputation of the brand, but ultimately you care about these people that you're serving mm-hmm. and that that they have that magical experience that you got into this industry to yeah. create in the first place. Yes, we want to be a company that is known to be easy to work with. They don't have to worry if the job's going to get done, how it's going to get done. Um, And we want to bring that exceptional service to their event time in, time again. So what do you have in place to meet those expectations? So, yeah. So, I mean, personally, it's hard. Um, It's very good that Russ and I are both in the business because we are very different personalities. Um, Mm. And so it's good to be, to balance each other out where sometimes I want to be like, no, like we can't do this. And he's like, well, think about this. Um, Mm. But just always looking at the backside of how is this, how does this look to our client Mm. and instilling in our team as they go out into the marketplace and we're not always there. Um, just having that client first mentality of let's let's not say let's not say no right away. Let's see how we can fix it. Let's see how we can look at something and figure out how to to solve their problem. It seems like um, that availability and the desire to hear is a really big piece because you could jump to solutions pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. if you don't really fully understand the problem or you don't understand what your client needs, then it's it can fall flat. Even yep. the best efforts can fall flat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, have you ever experienced that? I mean, absolutely. And I think everybody has that. Um, yeah. Not everything goes perfectly. Not every event is how you imagined it would be and not every event is how our clients imagined it would be. Um, Is there an example of that that sticks out in your mind that you could tell us about? Yeah. So, and it's more so on the planning side. I've, Hmm. well, uh, a little bit. Um, I've got kind of two 
examples. Um, on the planning side, it always comes down to expectations. Um, mm. And planning ki- clients really realizing what is in their planning package and right. what is the level of service you need. Sure. So sometimes there's hard conversations of like, absolutely, I understand you may be frustrated. Some of these services that you're wanting aren't in your package. We're more than happy to add them in, but right. we can't add them in at no cost. Right. Um on the rental side, sometimes it's it's just some it's like one. It was something out of our control. We there was um, a cake stand acrylic box that a client said her vision was going to be around. That when we went to go deliver it, we noticed that there was a small crack in it. We were not mm. going to put that out there, um, yeah. because it's that rental is not up to our standard of what we want our company to be. We let the planner know. We said, hey, we don't have another one. Let's flex. Let's substitute it with something else. The client was just not happy. We called around everywhere. It happened to be one of the busiest wedding days of the year. Nobody else had an acrylic box um, in their inventory. So we tried to do as as best as we could to find something that would complete that client's vision. and sometimes it just it doesn't it doesn't work and we have substitutions in our contracts and we ask sure. everybody to read our read the contract know right. if if you order a white couch and somebody spills a red glass of wine on it the night before and we can't right. get it out it can't come to your event and right. so we need to bring right. something else in so we it's so it's expectations we try to deliver as much as we can um but yeah it doesn't always go perfectly so it seems like really setting clear expectations and then delivering on them is kind of the key here. But there's also an element of trust, knowing that when the client, when something goes wrong, that the client knows that you did what was in their best interest. And so what, what do you think you do either as a company or individually with particular clients that helps build that trust? Yeah, so... It's a little bit different when it's a client that is coming to us without a corporate or wedding planner involved mm-hmm. um, because we can kind of go over the expectations with the planner. The planner goes over right. expectations as well as clients. Where we really need to make sure that we over-communicate and make sure that um, clients trust us is when it's just a straight rental client. We don't get a lot mm-hmm. of interaction with them. They'll submit a wish right. list. We'll ask them some questions. We'll pull together an order. Um, and then it may, we may not talk to them again until like, Hey, final payments do. Sure. Well, let's transition a little bit. I'm interested to know, um, what, what you've learned about yourself in, since you, since you bought Collected Co. Oh, so I'm very hard on myself, um, for the fact that, like I said earlier, like Marie was this creative like craft could think outside the box. I'm more mm. logistical. Um, mm-hmm. Where I have, you know, clients in in industry, people who be like, "Oh my gosh, you're so creative! I would have never thought of that." And I'm like, "I'm not creative. Like, I like go huh. talk to this person. They're creative. I'm I'm very hard on myself. Um, sure, that's one thing. And I have a very hard time of celebrating successes. And it's good that I have a partner who very much tries to make me slow down and celebrate um, the big wins we have, the great months we have, Mm. um, an event that was circled on the calendar for two years on like, how are we going to do this? And it's over and it went amazingly. We need to take more time to celebrate those kind of things. Um, Yeah. 
so I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at that. And, um, Russ and I worked together in the venue, um, not as closely as we do with Collected. And it takes a different kind of relationship um, to be able to withstand what we try to do and also not try to have the business completely encompass our whole entire life. Right. Um, And we have a hard time at that sometimes. It's hard. We we catch ourselves and we're like, we want to go out to dinner. And we need to talk about other things besides business. Like we can't, because right. in our our natures, we're just so like, go, go, go. Like um, we're very competitive people. And I think mm. our competitiveness comes out in the business and trying mm. to get it to grow. And how can we do this and meet this milestone yeah. and beat this goal? And um, yeah. so it's hard sometimes to be like, we're not just business partners. Like at the end of the day, we're husband and wife, we're best friends. We can't forget that stuff. Right. Right. Well, how have you grown personally? Um, Are are there ways that you've grown personally that are different than you expected? The way I view myself and my personality is not what my clients think of me. Um, Hmm. In my own mind, in my house, I am 100% no chill at all. Like, I do not bring a calming (laughs) effect to okay. any room. Um, okay. but my like time and time again, our my clients are just like you just like I have a phone call with you and you just calm me. Like there's just like mm. I don't worry about anything and you're just this calm like mm. presence. We learn something new every single day, every single event. There's always something that we are learning, whether it's from a client, an experience, an event professional who knows more than us because. Right. We are not naive to say we don't know half right. of it. Like we, we're yeah. always learning and growing, um, which is what you need to do in order to continue to to grow and have a successful business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything you wish you had known about the rental industry before you purchased Collected and Co? I think Russ and I both have learned um, that whole mentality we had of you have these pieces, you drop it off, and you pick it up. (laughs) That's not how that goes. Um, You have these pieces, you drop them off, and then you still worry. Hmm. Like at the venue, we worried all the time about weather and rain. And we thought, that's going to disappear when it comes to event rentals. Nope. Right. Staying on top of trends, being above trends. um, Hmm the sourcing and how all of that works, there's still aspects of sourcing. Like I would love to sit down with somebody who's been in the business a lot longer than we have and just ask so many questions about how you go about sourcing from different areas. Mm. And so just working through some of that um, is just, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just having a warehouse full of furniture. Sure. Sure. Well, and when you start out, you're thinking of all the beautiful things you're going to create. And that's sort of the primary stuff of your vision mm-hmm. and your dreams. But the a, a big chunk of what you do is actually m- move furniture around. <laughs> well, you mentioned that it's tough for you sometimes to stop and celebrate, but what are some of the milestones that you've celebrated at Collected & Co? Um, 
so we, when we got our first warehouse, that was a, yeah. uh, a celebration of before it got cleaned and everything. We just had a little mm-hmm. family dinner in it. When we bought our first truck, that was another yeah. big moment. It was probably something we didn't celebrate. It was because it's it's a truck. I think we look back at right. some of these things and like, what are the things that like really you're like, holy cow, like that was a big deal. Um, this, w- we had an amazing year. We had a, a, an mm. amazing year, an amazingly hard year um, at yeah. that too. Um, so in a couple of weeks, we're going out of town, just Russ and I, and we're going to take time to say, we're going to stop. We're going to take that time to celebrate everything that we made it through this year. It This yeah. year has been beautiful. It has been demanding. Um, yeah, It has pushed everybody to their breaking point, and we need to stop and recognize that. Um, we're doing yeah. a big team dinner tomorrow night to recognize our team because without them, we're nobody. Mm. We're a warehouse full of furniture without our team. And they yeah. are the backbone to our company. And they deserve to have every single recognition that um, Russ and I have. Um, they mm. may not be the face of the business, but they are the true heart and soul. And we mm. we just want we want to recognize them and they made it through a really hard year with us and they flexed with us and they worked their tails off this year. It seems like you have achieved a lot of the things that you imagined for, for Collected & Co, but you're not done yet. And that is really, that's really wonderful to be in this place where you can say, here are all these things that we're so proud of, but also Mm -hmm. not feel like, oh, well, we've achieved it all. Mm Mm-hmm. There's always room for growth. There's always room yeah. for growth in your business. There's room for growth personally, always. Like we always need to strive to be better the next day. We can always wake up and do better. Um, so we have we have big goals for the company. We have big goals for our team. Um, we have big goals individually and where we just, where we want to go and who we want to be as people and how we interact with yeah. people and how can we make a change on this world and how we go about the events um, that we do and just how we interact with people every day. Well, thank you to Jacqueline for coming on and sharing her story. If you'd like to connect with her, check out the show notes to find links to her website, Pinterest, and Instagram. Be sure to click that link to join the RW Elephant mailing list. And we'll close out as I fire some lightning round questions Jacqueline's way. Three words that describe your collection. Modern, traditional, bold. What is one trait you look for when hiring? Loyalty. If you could only have one type of fabric in your collection, what would it be? Velvet. What is something other event pros do that annoys you? Not send out timelines and layouts the week of the wedding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about change them the week of the wedding? Change. We're adapted. We can adapt. Let's adapt. Okay. Totally good with okay. it. I just want to know when and where, like where my stuff is sure. going to, where, where it needs to be and when. Right. Yeah. Do you rent, lease, or purchase your delivery vehicles? Purchase. Two things outside of work you love to do. Oh, I love... Um, to go on coffee dates with my girls. Mm-hmm. And I love 
just being outside and being with them. Uh, a business tool you couldn't live without? RW Elephant. I like that answer. Yes. <laughs> um, would you rather pack a delivery truck blindfolded or get a last minute order for a 200 person event that's happening tomorrow? Get a last minute order for 200 people for tomorrow. You could pull that off, a 200 person event with 24 oh, yes. hours. Great. Yes. Love it. What's the next big trend in rentals? Uh, personalization and custom bars. Hmm. Good. I like that. So my final question is, um, what do you enjoy most about your rental adventures? I enjoy working hand in hand with my husband mm. most of the time. Um, <laughs> and together we enjoy just putting our heart and soul into something and mm. watching it grow and seeing the yeah. look on our client's face when they see from their final project product from conception to end. Well, I think that about sums it up. Thanks again, Jacqueline. And thank you for listening to The Trunk Show brought to you by RW Elephant. I'm your host, Allison Howell. Happy renting. <laughs> <laughs>